What am I going to do, quit? That's not an option. You got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it. You make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. Welcome to uh, the second part of Tyson Rules' uh, Legendary Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Jake P. Richardson. Uh, tonight I brought uh, my roommate, Zach Howell, and he's going to help me. Uh, we're just going to kind of discuss you know, how our day went. Zach, Zach what you do? what'd you do today? Well, you know, today, Jake, I got up. I knew I had a bunch of stuff to do. Got the day started. Started off good in my mind. Went and got me uh, my daily burrito. Where do you get your burritos from? Oh, Ricardo's here in town. Ricardo's? What kind of stuff Ricardo's got cooking? Uh, Their drive-thru is open right now. I highly recommend it. They're great people, very fast, and it's very great food. Very good Mexican food. Oh, yeah. Steak, bean, and cheese burrito with sour cream and a large sweet tea. You're the kind of guy that gets the same thing every day? Yeah, and it costs $6.58. What a good deal. So, you had your burrito. What'd you do? Well, I went down uh, to Rockwood, and I was uh, was going to jump on the tractor and start clearing some mesquite trees. And uh, to start off the day, it was good, and then I got there. They started Not so good. No. Started going downhill. <laughs> First off, I stepped on the shredder to cross it to get in the tractor, and I stepped on a thorn that went through my shoe. So before I even got on the tractor, I had a thorn in my foot. Hate to see it. Yeah, so I was like, well, this is going to be good. Hop on. Uh, finally got the tractor started. It's a little a little rough getting started, but we got going. You to put some ether on there when yep, get started for yep, you? Yep, Hilton uh, forgot to turn the battery all the way off, so it was pretty run down, so it took quite a bit of ether. You'll have that on them bigger jobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got started. Uh, made a couple passes. Tractor got hot, shut down. Mm-hmm. Okay. I figured, well, it's 85 degrees by now. It's pretty warm. I can see it. And so I waited 15 minutes, started her back up. Thank gosh it got started again because I was on the far side of this 200-acre field. And you probably didn't want to walk back. No, I was scared (laughs) of snakes, and that's all I could think about going through my head. Yeah, I bet. Bad, bad deal. There's a bunch of snakes out right now. Yeah. um, I've seen more and more stories and Snapchats, and it's not good. I'm petrified of snakes. I bet. Uh, so then we kept going. So tractor started. Yeah, got yep. it going again. There you go. Then it shut down again. About an hour later, got another 20 acres done. And then I went to leave. You're probably like, okay, screw this. Yep. Let's um, just try again it's tomorrow. It's about noon. I'm like, hey, I'm ready for lunch. So went and got, I was headed back to Brownwood to get some lunch because mm-hmm. tractor was shut down and Hilton was going to go to town to get some stuff. So I said, all right, um, I know more than make it 15 miles down the road and pop my tire. You blew your tire. Blew my tire on my truck. I feel like you've blown a lot of tires the past year. You know, this truck is bad luck with tires. How Tulsa, many? I blew three in two days. And now this. You just a shitty driver, or is this your car's fault? No, it's the truck's fault. Oh, okay. That's a good excuse. Just yeah. it on the track. Yep. Well, I hope your day got better after that. Did it? Your day get better? No. No? Just progressively worse? Okay. Yeah. So, Zach, the real reason I brought you on uh, this evening is to talk about what went down at this table right here last night. Uh, we had a few friends over, and I was casually eating my dinner, and then... Everything went south in a very extremely fast fashion. What, 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 what did you see? What, what went down? So, 
Last night, we all got a little hair. It's been a nice week. We got a new grill here at the house, so we wanted to cook out. So we had some friends over. Yeah, we had a couple people over. We cooked some Less steaks. than six for the quarantine freaks yeah. out there. Less yep. than six. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, we had a couple steaks. Um, what else did we have? Jal- oh, we had some jalapeno poppers, poppers some fried squash. Fried squash, yeah. All kinds of good stuff. Good stuff. We're so we're sit- all eating. Yeah, we're listening to George Strait on, the, on my uh, Amazon tap. And I'd finished my food, just sat back down. Jake's still eating his food. And I looked to my left. <laughs> and I see Jake open palm, smack his head twice like he's trying to get water out of his ear. <laughs> and I kind of looked at him. I'm Normal like, behavior for Jake. I'm just like, just, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and then the freak out comes. He grabs a fork. <laughs> is Jake screaming at this point? Is he not saying quite anything? yet? He's he's stuttering. He's he's winding up to start screaming. <laughs> he goes, "Get it out of my ear!" <laughs> Screams it twice, and like has this fork in his hand, looking like he's gonna stab me in the neck. <laughs> Eyes are bloodshot. Like he's like freaking out. Like oh my gosh, this is painful. I'm like, what is going on? Get it out of my ear. There's a bug in my ear. So up to this point, all of a sudden, I mean, at night, it's, it's Texas. It's a little bit humid. There's bugs out. There's They're flying all over the place. You know, you have a fly go towards your ear. You smack it. Bug goes away. This bug did not go away. This bug went right for my brain <laughs> and started crawling towards my the center of my skull. And I don't know if I've ever been more terrified in my life, but I could hear this bug like an elephant stomping its way over my eardrum. And I think I I had an episode for sure. Like, I think I ran in the house. I was screaming at everybody. Like, Well, at first, we were all, everyone around the table just, like, stopped. We're like, what, what is going on here? We, we really don't know. We can't tell if he is doing a, a role play. Because <laughs> Jake loves to role play and, yeah, stuff. Likes, to, likes comedy. Yeah, and likes comedy to quote movies. movies like, not quote necessarily, movies. okay, let's clear that up. And... You couldn't tell if I was being serious yeah. or if it was generally so a then, bug in when my I, head. When I didn't want to stick a fork in his ear, I was like, man, I don't want to bust his eardrum. I don't know what's going on. He hasn't explained anything. He's grabbing his ear and holding a fork. And very freaking out. Freaking out. And then he turns to Trey, and he goes, Trey, get it out of my ear. So I look at Zach, and Zach's sitting right next to me, and I said, get it out, get it out. Grab your fly. I was just screaming commands, and then Zach looked terrified and confused, so I immediately turned to Trey. I'm like, Trey! You get it out! Just making no sense. No one has any clue. So I run in the house and trying to pour rubbing alcohol down my ear, trying to get this thing out, and it just gets worse. I think I scream for someone to get tweezers. Mind you, in between this, it was like he'd leave. We were all out here sitting in our chairs not knowing what to do because we're still sitting here dumbfounded like, what is going on? He runs inside, grabs a bottle of rubbing alcohol there's a window so where we're sitting there's a window you can see the sink the kitchen i guess and all i see is jake with his head tilted to the side and a bottle of rubbing alcohol squeezing it in his ear and patting his ear trying to get this bug out and we're like what is going on so i think i ran back outside he ran back outside and he shut the door and he's like in the meanwhile he'd let out like just this really loud girly scream I believe it. I could see it happening. And then it'd stop, and then he'd go back to yelling. <laughs> I was in utter pain, and it was just 
it probably the worst experience. Mind of you, life. he still. At this point, we still had no idea what he was talking about or what was even in his ear or nothing. I, f- I felt he was a just lot of screaming. a big lack of support from my friends. <laughs> I don't think they knew. I don't think that you guys believed me. Well, we didn't believe him for one, and two, like he had he had not specified what was going on, so he was just screaming and running yelling around. and running and. So I yelled. I, I just told someone I was like screaming this, like "Go get me tweezers! Like find me tweezers right now!" And someone handed them to me, and I reached down in my ear and I pulled this fat ass black bug out. And I think you guys all were pretty shocked that it was actually in there. Yeah, and and if I remember right, Trey said something like, "How did you like get it out of your ear?" And instantly Jake goes. I closed my eyes, and all I could think about is the tweezers going in my ear, and I grabbed the bug. <laughs> I could see the inside of my ear yeah. with my eyes shut. So I think after that, everyone had their hoodies pulled over their ears the rest of the night, and uh, you know, I really don't recommend it, letting bugs crawl on your head. And after it was all over, I mean, some people were just, like, dumbfounded. I thought it was... Zach's still laughing today about it. I mean, if I wasn't, if it didn't happen to me, I would have not stopped laughing. But his facial expressions were priceless. It, it was the worst experience in my life. I don't recommend it. It didn't kill me, and I knew I probably wasn't gonna die. But I also thought, hey, this bug, if it wanted to, could probably touch my brain, and I, I wasn't excited about that. Anyways, so besides bugs and flat tires, um. We bring to you the second part of the Tyson Rule podcast, and uh, in this episode, we're going to get to a lot of the stuff that I think you guys are more excited to hear about. We're going to talk about Burn. Um, I'm a sucker for a good buck story, and um, he talks about Burn, how he came to be, how he purchased him, talks about the early days of Unleaded, and how um, how that buck kind of formed a huge U-flock that was priceless in, in Tyson's operation for a few years after that. Um, and we kind of discuss into family, uh, current events, and and kind of how he, you know, shaped the AI industry and how he kind of took hold of that. Uh, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. Um, give it a listen. Let me know what you think. This is Legendary Mindset with Jake P. Success are you having right there, right where you're starting to, you know, decide? Okay, these blackface things are gonna work out. Let's let's get out of these. Like, what was the turning point that made you realize this is this was gonna work for us? Yeah, well, you know, the 2001 National Western Stock Show was a big hit for us, you know, and then uh, you know, the next year, you know, we had our big our, our big hit in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really is before that hit. You know, when we went the next year, when in 2002, so in January 2002, we uh, went to to the National Western Stock Show again. And that was kind of, I was, you know, just got out of college and we were just trying to work in. I was in Oklahoma helping Ty out. Ty had actually moved down a lot in Oklahoma at this point. And uh, we were working with a family called the Abear family down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, their son and uh, Amber Vaughn, uh, you know, we were all, you know, I think Tara was finished showing this year. Uh, Ty's little sister. But, you know, we went up to the national, you know, to stock show. You know, we'd had, you know, a lot of success. And the Abear family actually raised sheep under the Double H Club Lambs was their uh, flock name. So Ty was helping them both with their construction business and with the club lamb operation. Mm-hmm. And uh, went there and, you know, again, had a great year where, you know, ended up having grand champion with, uh, you know, Cody Hebert. Uh We actually had a reserve grand champion that same year at National Western Stock Show with uh, a, a wazoo sheep that we had placed to a family in Wyoming. So it was it was really neat. I mean, you know, 
where we went from being grand and you know the year before and having you know two breed champions to the next year we had I think if I'm re- I remember it's gonna be kind of cloudy but I know we had champion Hampshire with a uh, Hancock sheep uh, we had my cousin Amber Vaughn was reserve Suffolk with a double eight sheep from the Abear family and then Cody Abear uh, was champion cross with the Johnson sheep that would end up being grand mm-hmm. then our Tonto sheep was reserve cross that ended up being reserve grand at that at that show so you know, having four out of the, you know, there were six, you know, six champion reserves out in the drive that were, you know, in theory, or the major breeds. Mm-hmm. I remember having four out of the six at that deal, and that just being, that was kind of where, you know, the first year was kind of like, hey, we did it. And then the second year was all of a sudden like, we can do this. We could do this. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, so that was kind of a big point for us. And, and then for like the next, you know, maybe five, six years, just, you know, finding bucks and, and you know, raising sheep and, and, and some good ones, what, what kind of bucks really hit? Or, like, made you famous, or I guess kind of give you a break? You know, so, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, uh, Hancock Genetics were really popular. Uh, and, you know, Elliot Genetics just kind of were starting to come into the table, which, were, you know, went back to a lot of Hancock Genetics. So, and we'd bought a buck called Triple H, you know, and he was one that was a 31 411 that, you know, Ty and I found when we were out there, and we partnered on with, uh, with A-Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember, you know, we took a, that was one of the bucks that I thought was, you know, great. You know, we bought a, buck called Benchmark from Clay Elliott, which was another, you know, Hancock bred sheep. And uh, I remember taking, you know, we, we were selling at the A-team sale and the corporation sale. So, you know, we were still doing live sales back here. And I remember I thought I had raised this big stud sheep. And he was, you know, going to be the next, you know, he's going to be the buck lamb that, you know, kind of put us on the mark of, hey, you know, we're going to sell this thing and he's going to work for somebody else. And everybody's going to love him, you know, famous. make us famous yeah. and so forth. And, you know, this was just when the internet websites were going, you know, were live. So, I mean, you know, I, I remember trying to, like, post, you know, some pictures of, you know, our sires and so forth on that deal. And, you know, you might have had five people view that website, you know. This mm-hmm. was, this was like, back when, you know, Facebook was just kind of actually yeah. coming in. Uh, this when Facebook was just for kids that Mark, Zuck- or Mark Zuckerberg went to college with. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, th- that, type of, that type of age, you know. MySpace era. So, it's Ram, hype him up, take him to sale. Yep. All of a sudden, you know, he's you know, hey, he's got you know, thirty-one and four eleven, which were Hancock, you know, Hancock bred bucks. You know, they're ten times his pedigree. Look how cool this yeah. buck is. Bred good. People should you trust know. the genetics. Yep. I only. think he's gonna bring you know five, ten thousand dollars. Gonna be this is gonna be our, our spot in the you know spot in the map. I remember getting up on the auction block and you know, you know, they start at thousand dollars. No one's bidding. I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know, well, uh, you know, some will bid. All of a sudden, okay, well, some will bid. You know, <laughs> All of a sudden, five hundred dollars. Let's cut it in half, and no one's bidding. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, they go down to three hundred dollars, and we're still in the auction block. I'm like, Come well, someone, someone's <laughs> gotta like this guy, right? I mean, I'm not the only one that likes him at all. And we get, you know, all of a sudden, it's getting ready. The hammer's getting close, and one guy bids at three hundred dollars, and heartbroken. Heartbroken. Come and uh, you know, so the buck sells, and sell like, all the used. Yep. Let's run. let's get rid of everything. You know, this isn't any fun. Let's uh, you know, let's figure something else out. I just realized that you know. And I watch, you know, I watch a lot of online, you know, live sales now. And, you know, I try to remind people, you know, that story whenever I, you know, you know, I, we thought about it. I was like, this deal is any fun. I don't know why people don't like our sheep. You know, you know, we were ready to quit and give up, sell out mm-hmm. at that point. You know, and it's just, you know, we'd had some success and we'd had some winners, but, you know, I guess we weren't yet in the buck market or didn't realize that, hey, maybe this isn't the right place to take a buck to one of, you know, at this point, yeah. you know, or this isn't the right buck that, you know, he, just because he works, it looks like he worked for us, doesn't mean he works good for everybody else. And mm-hmm. So that was kind of a, you know, that was a disheartening one that we you know, were trying to do, and that was kind of our ber- first kind of big setback of, you know, hey, you know, is this for us or not, you know, because we'd had a lot of success, we thought this deal was easy. Probably pretty humbling. 
and it, yeah, it humbles you in a hurry, you know, and that's the fun thing about this industry. And, you know, I'm sure guys who have been in it long enough, you know, kind of tell you it's, it's, it's hard to get to the top and it's even probably harder to stay, stay at the top. There, yeah. So what came next, Buck? <coughs> I mean, I, Unleaded's coming up there somewhere year-wise. I can't remember what year he was born. Yeah, so he was, uh, so Unleaded's a fun Bucks. You know, we'd used a couple of Elliott Bucks, you know, uh, that had bought from Clay and they had been, you know, we had a lot of success with them. Uh, you know, Buck called Outlook that was really successful for us. Uh, but, you know, we, uh, we raised the buck in 2007 uh, that, you know, was uh, kind of crazy, you know, kind of crazy looking. He was blue. Uh, he was out of a buck called Enron and back on actually a Wang U, which Wang would have been the, the full brother to Cody Bear's grand that we had at Denver. Mm-hmm. So it was a buck that I bought from Johnson. So it's kind of weird because I bought that buck based on, hey, his brother the year before was really good, looks just like this buck does this year. Uh, I think I want to buy this one again. And I remember mm-hmm. everybody kind of being like, well, that's not that important. You know, it's it, – there were very, you know, it wasn't like, hey, like I tried to explain to people I bought this buck because he looked, you know, he was like the buck from the year before, and yeah. everybody's like, I don't get it. Why, you know, why'd you buy the buck? Because he's kind of blue and low fronted, and, you know, we're it trying wasn't to. wasn't cool back Yeah, then. we're trying to get tall fronted, you know, tall fronted, exotic, you know, shallow chested sheep. Mm-hmm. And I like these big, thick, fuzzy ones, you know, and so. Uh, that wasn't really a trend back then at all. I mean, fuzz wasn't <coughs> in the picture. It wasn't. You know, like, you know, we, I remember like. On baby lambs, you know, we would actually take the clippers and clip the body, you know, the body hair off them under their chest floors and their, you know, on their flanks and so forth so that you could actually see the sheep better because, you mm-hmm. know, that once in a while we'd get some of those hamps and they'd get hairy, you know, hairy chest and hairy belly. So, you know, it was better to be, you know, slick outline and so forth. And Suffolk looking. So, so how did Unleaded come about? So he was a sheep that was born, and we knew he wasn't weather. I mean, it's one of those deals, so, hey, this sheep's weird because he looks like his, you know, he looks like Wayne because he's thick and wide blue. And just kind of barrel ribbed, and he's, but you know, he's actually got all this extra, you know, he's the fuzzy and kind of, you know, kind of thick and stout, not really cool enough looking, mm-hmm. and but big, big muscles, kind of back to like some of those cash and urban sheep that we talked about that were just way, you know, way advanced for where it was freaky, freaky. Yeah. you know, and just his feet were weird because they were kind of big, you know, and didn't really match, you know, where he wasn't tall and exotic looking. And I was like, well, you know, he's not going to be weather because he won't ever win a weather show. And I was like, but he's, I know he's good. Mm-hmm. So we're like, hey, you know what? You know, let's take him to the corpse sale. And, you know, this could be a sheep that, you know, we promote off. And, you know, maybe we can, you know, s- you know sell a buck lamb. You know, f- you know we, we, we struck out, you know, in 04 or 05, whatever it was, with the uh, Triple H bred sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, this will be this will be our kicker. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go down in 07, you know, and we'll, we'll, you know, this buck will make a name for us. And anyways, we take him down there, you know, and. This was kind of like right when the spy, you know, spider kind of settled down, and but Scrapey was a big deal. Yeah. So, and also we test the sheep, we're like, oh, it's QR. So okay. Q- QQ would be completely, like, susceptible to Scrapey. Yep. QQ means that, you know, they could, easily, they could get Scrapey, they could pass Scrapey on and so forth. RR means completely Clean. resistant. So he had the Can't Q, get it. so his offspring could potentially yep. be. So, you know, he was a yeah, single trait, you know, carrier for the ability to get Scrapey. So it was kind of like, oh boy, I don't know how well this is gonna work either. So you know, like we tried the, you know, tried the other buck, get you know, the, the A team that didn't work out. So my dad and I discussed, you know what, we're gonna take this buck down there, but we're gonna set a floor on. So we're not sure if he's good or not, but we like him. We, you know, there's some things we really like about this buck. He's he's neat, you know, he's unique. What's so your floor? Two thousand dollars. So you know, for, and for bucks at this point, you know, this is this is seven eight years after you know we you know bucks were bringing five to ten thousand, you know, ten thousand dollars, you know. So, you know, we thought $2,000, you know, we're not going to give the buck away. And we told everybody that, you know, hey, this, we're going to put a floor on the buck. But, you know, at the same point, you know, we wanted to sell the buck to, you know, you know, show, you know, get, you know, get him out there. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, a guy named Rocky Birchfield was uh, a big name feeder in Oklahoma whose son showed and helped out, you know, in Fairview, Oklahoma, at their ag chapter. Mm-hmm. 
you know, was really successful and he came over and looked at the buck really hard. And, uh, you know, he's kind of asked about it. He's like, oh, you know, well, we're thinking about maybe, you know, I think he could be a weather. And I was like, oh, really? Wow. You think he could be a weather? You know, kind of, you know, a big compliment for, you know, a small breeder like mm-hmm. me to have, you know, this big feeder, you know, it's really successful in Get Oklahoma, you know, one. hey, you know, we're, you know, somebody wants to buy, you know, like, buy one that, you know, we raise. So, you know, really cool feeling so forth. And, uh, so you're like, let's make sure these people get him. Yeah, so I mean, I thought that was pretty exciting. So, anyways, but you know, I didn't know if anyone was serious or not. You know, I'd kind of felt like, you know, you're always nervous when you go on the auction block. So we get up on the auction block, and all of a sudden, you know, the sheep's kind of going up, you know, and, you know, he's at 1,000, gets bid, you know, 1,200 gets bid. All of a sudden, I remember looking over at 1,500, you know, and I, and I had my dad, you know, my dad, I told everybody my dad's going to bid for us on our floor. And I remember at 1,500, I look over in Rocky Birdsfields, you know, he bids. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, look over at my dad, and my dad bids again at 1,600. And then I remember Rocky Birchfield bidding in at 1700 And I remember looking at my dad and trying to, like, give him the, you know, cut, you know, cut it off signal, you know, go. let him go signal. And, uh, <laughs> you know, from the auction block, real professional probably at that point, yeah. you know, with, you know, tw- 25-year-old kid, you know, <laughs> dad, quit bidding, you know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, my dad bid again at 1800 And, uh, you know, the buck, uh, you know, we, we bought the buck back for, uh, for ourselves, so. You know, that's kind of, what, again, one of those things like, well, I'm not sure this is a good idea or not. So, you know, maybe the buck's not successful, so we'll mm-hmm. kind of use them lightly, you know, type, type of deal in 07. So, we bred them a little bit in 08, and, uh, <coughs> well, do good they did good. They yeah, like we actually them. had some, you know, some state fair, you know, some state fair wins out of the deal. Uh, then we, you know, so we kind of, hey, that worked out pretty good. Let's bred them again in, you know, spring them again in 09, and that mm-hmm. was kind of a really good run again. So, hey, you know what? This still worked pretty good. So, we, we got a good buck that we're leaning with. Well, in 2000, you know, so that was, you know, 2009. So in 2009, we're getting ready to make breed decisions for 2010. And this is when, you know, we had, uh, had just started, you know, we had just did a finish our last flush. So, and to, you know, we were trying to figure out how this deal was going to work. You know, and we really liked the flush deal. It worked awesome. You know, before that, we had done some frozen semen, you know, bought, you know, some old straws whenever the Navajo Club Lambs dispersal and cell went out. this was a time when, you know, AI was only a thing you know, a little bit with some frozen semen maybe, or was You it- know, AI was really non-existent. So yeah. what it, what the transpire was in the early, I'd say 2000 through 2005, there were guys using frozen semen that were buying semen, kind of doing some, you know, doing some stuff like that, you know, using some new genetics. The, uh, the Gorley scope came out, which, you know, for the guys that don't remember, it actually looked like a transcervical speculum that had a, you know, oh, uh, a scope on it where you could actually look in and try to you know mm-hmm. weave through the cervix uh, of the ute to try to deposit semen in the right spot. Very you know very well hyped up. Very non. Uh, it did didn't work. Non perfected. Yeah. So especially in America, I think Australia was probably the only people that actually had good success with AI. So anyways, we had used a, a gentleman out of Australia to do our ET work with, and we started talking to him about like, hey, what about doing AI work? Does anybody you know kind of explain to that you know because I you know there's a couple guys out here that are doing it, but you know, not really. He's like, yeah, we do it all the time in Australia. It's like, well, you know, that this process we're doing for our donors that we did, you know, can we do that on our blackface, you know, more? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, we do that. It's like, and he's like, well, how many do you want to do? I was like, well, all oh. of them, you know. Uh, you know, every one of them. He's like, what? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. It's like, you know, we, you know, we'll just, I'm not sure I got time to do it, but, you know, we can find somebody to do it for you, so. You know, so this was kind of a new, you know, and I, I had no idea. I mean, it's yeah. one of those, you know, before we were AIing 10 donors, you mm-hmm. know, to breed, you know. And so that was, you know, maybe two or three bucks, you know, you two bucks of this, you know, two use of this buck, three bucks of this you, you know, uh, you know, kind of back and forth. And uh, so we kind of got in touch with him and he's like, yeah, you can breed, you know, breed a hundred use to, you know, one bucket a day. And I was just, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you're, you're telling me 
I can have a hundred of these used, bred to one buck. He's like, well, you're not, they're not, not at all going to stick, Tyson. I was like, okay, yeah, understand. This is where I feel like, you Bread know. this one buck and lamb at the same time? Yeah, they're like, all, you know, this, this is going to work okay? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, we do it all the time in Australia. And I was like, okay. So he's like, well, you know, can, and he couldn't do it. But, you know, he's like, well, I'll find you somebody that can, you know, because, you know, timing was wrong and so forth. He didn't come to you. The U.S. until you know we wanted December-born babies, you know, and he doesn't didn't come until the lambs were January, you know, late January, yeah. early February born. So he's like, I can't do it, but I can come in and so forth. And he's like, you might talk, you know, check around see if there's a in the U.S. that could do it. And at that point, the early there was, you know, one or two guys that were going out doing AI work. I mean, this is 2009, and uh, we talked to they one. They weren't of, doing it for a living. They were just no, they were like, hey, we're I'm a professor at a university, you know, or I'm running the sheep farm there, and hey, yeah. I can I AI use also. Uh, you know, no veterinarians that did it. You know, it was mm-hmm. kind of one of those, you know, the Gorley guy, you know, Novelty. did it. Yep. You know, he he quit doing it, so you know, he kind of d- did a few deer, but, I mean, he's kind of out of the industry. So, really, there was nobody out there that was able to AI use. So, the one gentleman that was, we talked to him at Sedalia in 2009, like, hey, what do you think about this? We're going we're gonna to try this process out. And he's like, horrible idea. <laughs> Don't <laughs> <He's>, do it. <laughs> he's like, you're going to try to use, you know, you know, frozen semen or fresh semen in July with big numbers. He's like, you know, it's going to be a disaster. You know, not a good idea. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, obviously this we're probably is, we're, you know, we're going to do this. And I guess if you don't think it's going to work, we're probably not going to have you do it. So at that point, our gentleman in Australia had said, hey, I found a lady. She can come in, you know, and she'll July. Here's a pro, you know, here's a protocol. I'll get you in touch with her. She's going to come in and help you do it. You know, mm-hmm. she'll be, you know, here to do the eye work for you. So we got in line with her and, you know, same thing, uh, hey, we're going to do four days of 100 U's, you know, because we don't do over 100 U's. You know, you guys are new at this deal. Let's mm-hmm. make sure the process is good. So we did that. And so uh, when we knew that, that was, you know, you know, that part was going on all while Sedalia was going on. And, uh, well, then we're like, well, hey, this, you know, there's this Elliot buck that's really, really good at Sedalia. We want to buy him. And we found out that, you know, Donnie Begalka, who was, uh, you know, a neighbor of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say a neighbor, we're in northwest Iowa, so he's two hours away. But yeah. he's a neighbor of ours, wanted to buy him also. Uh, and well, he's like, well, you know, I said, hey, Donnie, you want to partner on this buck? You know, save us all some money. You know, we're going to try this AI thing. I think that'd be really fun if I could get some used bread to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, well, I would, but I already have a partner. I was like, well, you know, you know what do you think about, you know, three, three guys three, three guys people. going together on this deal? So we talked about it, you know, and it, hey, it worked out really good. You know, we were going to use them for this AI. They could get them to use them after that. You know, we just kind of moved the buck around a little bit. Buck brings $30,000, a whole bunch of money for back then, you know, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy, crazy money. And uh, 2009, and buck called Prestige, we get him bought. So we go in and get that buck bought, and we're getting ready to do this AI. And we get, you know, so we got unleaded in Prestige. They're gonna, they're, you know, they're gonna be our bucks for AI. We're talking, and you know, anyways, uh, the lady that we had to do our AI work for us from Australia, she's kind of nervous. Like, do you think you, you know, there's there anything else you could have? Uh, you know, maybe have another buck around just in case it works. I'm like, well, we're gonna breed all of our use to one of these bucks. You know, I kind of want to make sure it's a buck I want to breed to. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Donnie about this. Uh, he's like, well, hey, you know, if you want to, you could lease signature from me for, you know, for the day. And I was like, you know, well, what's that going to cost? Perfect. Well, you know, let's lease them for, you know, our, for, not for the day, but for the week. For, so, yeah, so we leased, you know, so we had those three bucks, you know, unleaded, signature, and prestige. And uh, we bred those to 400 bucks, to 400 use that, uh, that week. Had 320 stick. Cra- you know, crazy for really us. Really good I mean, numbers. Crazy numbers. You know, more success than we ever should have had because we were, like, I have the customers I look at now that, like, really, you know, kind of... 50 is good. Yeah, 50 is good. And, you know, like, new customers, I always tell them, hey, plan on 50 because, you know, you're going to have some, you know, some learning curves or you might just get beginner's luck and hit a 90. You just, mm-hmm. 90%, you never know. 
And uh, so it's fun. You know, it's the first year and we lay them out all these used. Deals work great. Well, that was when Unleaded hit his big mark. So and we had great success with the signature. We had great success with Prestige. You know, Unleaded comes in here and he wins. You know, he has reserve at Iowa State Fair. He has, you know, a couple of big, you know, a couple other big State Fair champions. Mm-hmm. And just rolling. It was, it was kind of fun, you know, kind of neat because we kept all those females back. And we, you know, and we sold a lot more of the females out of the Elliott stuff just because, you know, they were the popular ones. Mm-hmm. But our, unle- you know, early and then mm-hmm. our unleaded genetics, you know, we just, that kind of became the base of our use. So, you know, for, you know, in 2010 and 11 and 12, we really propagated those unleaded genetics across the board. We realized that, hey, that, you know, this is a buck that nobody really wanted in 2007. But in 2010, 11, and 12, all of a sudden, these type of sheep are winning a whole bunch of shows for so us. So he didn't really hit until he was three, four, five. It was his, you know, his third, fourth, and God, fifth. Thank you know, God he didn't just ship him at two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And you never know. I mean, that's the thing that's, you know, you know, he had success, and he yeah. had winners. But it was one of those deals that it was almost like we were, to, we were overshadowing how good he was because these other neat bucks that were, you know, high cat, you know, that were more of the Big it, time name, I guess. Yeah. Were hitting, and... And one you should, and one you raise shouldn't be being better than that. Yeah, you because know, these guys are more successful. Yeah. They're they're bigger name breeders. They're better breeders. So you know, that's when we kind of realized that hey, you know, you know, this buck, you know, could be you know a base where we can kind of just build upon. Mm-hmm. That's when we started looking at you know back at corporate American and what worked well for them and trying to figure out some of those things to incorporate into our program. I was like, you know what, if we had, you know, we have four hundred ewes now. If we could have a thousand ewes and they would all be unleaded daughters, I was like. Mm-hmm. Just think of how consistent I'd be when I come up with an unleaded son to breed back to all those unleaded daughters. And just, I watched Brian Johnson do this line breed deal where over and over, you know, he would kind of use the same bucks and sons and daughters and sons and daughters out of each one. And that worked considerably well for him. I was like, I could do the same thing with this AI and unleaded and just build, 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 you know, and just make more consistent sheep. Because, you know, the one thing I learned on on our deal is, you know, that, you know, having a grand champion is good. But selling all the sheep for, you know, show lambs was better than, you know, having, you know. 23 throwaways. Exactly. So I remember that was, I was right around 2009, 10, and 11 that I first even got into this. But I remember right when I started, everyone was obsessed with shag. And people, I mean, they bl- they blamed Tyson Rule for <laughs> making shag so important. And I think Unleaded had a big part of that. I mean, because all the Unleaded sons were felt so valuable, almost because they were so much shaggier than everything else, too, at the time. And, and really, you know, when we, in 07, we didn't realize, you know, it was kind of a, almost a deterrent. We're like, mm-hmm. well, this buck's kind of furry looking and, you know, you know, not quite as clean as lines and so forth. And I thought that was kind of a, a you know, deterrent on the buck. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of, and we just got, to be honest, got lucky that we, you know, beat the curve on that regard. Yeah. Where you know five years later, that's what you wanted in in your sheep, and I had I got you know I was at the point where I had all these daughters sitting on our farm. You already had a that were furry established flock of females that yep. were already there when everyone else was like, oh shoot. Yeah, hey, we, we need, need this too. To so. breed to our Suffolk ewes. So, birth, you know, the kind of the birth of the AI, because that's because it got pretty big pretty quick. It did. Right like, so, you know, I, I think in the you know in 2009, I'm not sure. You know, we bred 400 ewes, you know, that day mm-hmm. or that week. And I'm not sure, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm not sure 400 other ewes were AI in the show lamb industry in all of, in all of the United States. Yeah, at that point. So my first experience, you know, my, the first time I even heard your name, it was at like a sheep sale in probably 2012, I'm thinking. And there, there was a guy there consigning sheep, and he came up to every, all the other breeders with this idea, like, hey, there's a guy from Iowa. He's got this buck called Unbelievable. And he showed us a picture of him, and we were like, oh, my God, like, this thing's picture. Like, this thing's furry. He's got a big ass. He's cool looking. 
And then he was putting together something for, you know, AI to shit the buck out. And I, was that one of your first, you know, deals like that? That was our first, instead of, hey, we're just going to AI use for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, hey, we're going to sell a service. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was 2012, 12 or 13, I can't remember, 13. Yeah, something like that. Well, I got to think about this a little bit. I think it was 12. Like, we could, we could fact check that. I'll fact check that after. Yeah. But, so... That, that first well, it was California of all places yeah and it was kind of a weird unique and it was kind of nice because back then it was like hey I don't want to give away my genetics yeah you know hey I got something that's going on good you either buy you know you buy bucks or you lance for me but you know I don't want to give away my genetics so you know in the Midwest yeah and you know this person you know convinced me like hey this is a whole different market they're not going to compete with you on the, in that regard you know you bring you, know, you send semen out there we'll AI these use and you know and you make money I make money check. everybody yeah. makes money and uh, so that was uh, that was our first kind of venue into uh, AI, you know, AI and semen sales. Yep. So how did that like? Was that kind of like okay, huge success? Let's do this again. Or how did that? It was about? a huge success because uh, the process was completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned a lot about business again. Where you know, hey, sometimes you need to get paid up front before uh, you, you provide a service. Uh, so on the financial side of it, I, I learned a lot yeah. of kind of how not to do uh, business. But on, on the process side, I learned that, hey, we could do this. Yeah. And, like, we could do this multiple times, and it could be not good, not only good for me, but, like, for the people who, sheep I looked at that, you know, hey, they could use our bucks because our bucks are quite a bit more advanced and quite a bit more for the, you know, further ahead in, you know, the program than where, you know, these people are at. And we learned that this could be a big benefit for everybody. Yeah. And I, it might not have been that day financially successful but i think the relationships and the reputation that you got yeah well, just was, going out there with that was you know well, it ended up being huge well you know I, I think you and i met up that uh that that day mm-hmm. uh you met andrew beam that i met day. andrew beam that day and you know andrew handles all my california uh semen sales and i think that that ai went pretty good for andrew like he was like on board after that didn't he? i think he was you know i think he had a ton of success yeah, like uh, a state fair breed champion a, a ram at reno that sold good or... yeah he uh you know he went and they were they had been struggling he told me with trying to get you know sheep that were relevant again mm-hmm. actually you know, they, were, they were pretty relevant i think in the early 2000s oh, but yeah. they'd kind of you know fall you know faltered off and that's where you know hey the one buck just clicked and all of a sudden things worked and so that was a process where he's like hey you know i want to do this more you mm-hmm. know and hey what you know and he's like hey tyson how can you and i work together to do more of this and i, I learned in a hurry that you know, by trying to, you know, with this AI work and trying to sell semen and so forth, it was really hard to take care of all the details mm-hmm. because, it, you know, it gets overwhelming. So it worked out well where I said, hey, Andrew, you know, you take care of the details and get it lined up, and then we'll come in with the semen and help you get them bred. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a really neat process. Now you and Andrew are like best buds. I mean. Almost stepbrothers. Almost stepbrothers. <laughs> Almost stepbrothers. <laughs> who's, uh, who, who's Nighthawk and who is... Um... Dragon in the relationship with the stepbrothers. Maybe it's more like twins, like Danny, twins. De- Danny DeVito and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably more of our situation, I guess, in that regard. I guess Andrew has to be Arnold. You know, uh, Andrew, he's, yeah, he's he's tall, six eight, two twenty. He's a big guy. Five. So I mean, every year since then, you've pro- I mean, last year how many you used to breed in California? Five hundred, six hundred. Uh, Maybe. I would. Say, I, I know last year. I would say we probably bred 1,500 in California last year. Holy smokes. Uh, a lot more than the 60 you did. Yeah, the 60 that we did in 2011 or 12, whatever that and year was. And that was a long day. Yeah, we thought that was a big day, you know, <laughs> and now we've kind of, you know, a lot of it's just, uh, you learn the processes, you know, now, you know, it's something we've done now for mm-hmm. going on 10, you know, almost 
you know, 10, I guess we're over 10 years now on AI work. So it's uh, been something we kind of, you know, we've learned a lot. And, uh, and I think that's one of the big advantages we have is, you know, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, starting out AI or have been doing it for just a couple of years. I mean, we, uh, we got, you know, we had a five-year start on them. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, and we learned, you know, the, the good and the bad. Uh, you know, I tell people that, you know, we probably jump more bucks than, you know, anybody else in the country, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, keeping bucks clean. And we look at, you know, I've seen more semen and, uteruses and probably you know 95 percent of you know the people in the industry Definitely. uh so it's you know it's uh it's a process that you get better at the more you do it and, you know and the more you try to turn it into processes and not just uh try to you know get you know desired results over yeah. and over by making things more consistent for people for sure and i remember that next year after that like it, i kind of we heard all this thing you know these there's this group of investors just bought this this johnson ram for 70 two thousand dollars whatever yeah and they bought another one so yeah. how does that did you come into play with that or so you know i actually so trailblazer was mm-hmm. one of the bucks they bought and uh i had planned on going down and buying trailblazer mm-hmm. uh i saw him it's it kind of it's kind of a weird 2012 was a wild year for the sheep industry mm-hmm. uh so i thought that i need to own this trailblazer buck and i remember going to ty allen saying hey i want to buy this trailblazer buck and what do you think? So, you know, he and I are good friends. You know, he's helping us start the breeding program and so forth. And he's like, I think you should go look at this buck at Middlesworth. And, you know, anyways, buck is tag number fictitious, I guess is the name of the buck at this point. But I was like, you know, I'm, I'm sure Middlesworth raised really, really good sheep. But I really, really want the brand name of this Johnson buck, you know, this Johnson trailblazer. Semen. I've seen him three times now. I think this buck is good. You know, I can sell some semen, you know, add, add that to our feet, so forth. And... Anyways, so Ty's like, okay, you know, that's fine. Well, we're going to try to buy one of these bucks, too. So, anyways, auction day comes along, and, you know, I'm thinking, hey, you know, we got, you know, we got plenty of money. We've learned to say, I think works really good. We want more of these. And I guess I wasn't the only person in America that thought Trailblazer was really, really good. And had some money. It had, had some money to spend. And, uh, the, uh, anyways, you know, all three of the main Johnson bucks that we were trying to buy, you know, we were trying to buy two of the three go to a company called Progressive Genetics out of Indiana. So mm-hmm. kind of the first AI conglomerate that says, hey, we're going to be a, a buck stud that, you know, puts things, you know, puts things together, come buy, you know, semen from us. Just kind of following the lead of the cattle and hog people at that point probably. Yep, and then it's, well, it's just, hey, work these other species, that should work in ours too. So you didn't get Trailblazer? No. Did you get the other one? I did get Game Changer. Uh, I don't remember the third one's name, but. What was the next move? Well, I had, uh, I had a good high school buddy, uh, actually kind of more for like elementary school buddy, uh, named Logan McLennan, uh, who'd been a family friend forever out in, Oklahoma, in Colorado. And I had gone out and uh, I'd heard about a buck lamb that was really, really good out there. And uh, back on the Elliott Genetics, that hey, worked really good for us and crossed really good with our unleaded, you know, and Elliott Genetics crossed really, really good back Top and forth. Top side is all composure, composure, swagger. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So he's a, he's a son of swagger and back out of a Miller, you which... I knew Miller was hot, and that was that was a new thing. You know, everybody was going Miller ham. You know, mm-hmm. you know, thicker, fuzzier, wider, so forth. You know, and that was kind of like what I liked. I mean, that was my unleaded sheep. I like thick. I like white. I like fuzzy. You mm-hmm. know, let's complete, correct. Don't get these things too big. You know, let's sell them all. I mean, type mm-hmm. of deal. You know, I like my little box that stuff should stay in. Yeah. So I went out there. Be- you know, before the Trailblazer sale, and you know, thought, hey, I could buy this one. Logan, you know, get in get Logan fashion. This one's not for sale, boys and girls. You know. This one's too good. Yeah, this yeah, one's, this one's too good. So rightfully so. Uh, so, anyways, I didn't get a bot, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember the day after the Johnson sale, uh, I called Logan and be like, "Hey, uh, what what are you thinking here, buddy?" 
And he's like, well, said, you know. Heard you bid on these Johnson bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the worst thing about the, you know, at that point, I don't think we had, fa- you know, Facebook wasn't big in the, in the sheep industry yet, but it was out there. So yeah. uh, it was pretty fast, you know, and, and I might have been a little upset about how the auction was going on Johnson. So I might have really slow bid that deal where everybody's like, who's still bidding, you know, and make this thing go till one o'clock in the morning. So uh, <laughs> it didn't take very long for everybody to know that I was the guy trying to buy those things and buy a couple of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyways, uh, I kind of got, I talked to Logan. I was like, hey, we've been friends for a long time. Family, friends forever. You know, if, uh, if, so, if you're going to partner on somebody with this buck, I said, I think I'm, I'm the guy you want to partner with. Mm-hmm. And uh, you probably said, hey, we can sell semen or we yeah. can AI. And we had a discussion of, you know, let's, you know, let's use this buck for us. If it works good, you know, then maybe we can, you know, if we can propagate the genetics out there. Let's make, you know, you know it'll, be good for, it'll be good for both parties. Mm-hmm. We're close to each other. You know, I got to drive out to my family to go see my family. You know, you can come back here. You know, we're close. You probably had an idea to make the buck famous and promote yep. him a lot. And that, and that was, you know, he and I came together and said, hey, you know, this was actually, let's promote this buck. You know, you're, you know, you're smart. I'm smart, you know, as far as I'm trying to figure out, how, you know, which genetics work. Mm-hmm. This buck could work for, you know, if, if my user went with it, you know, without this buck, with your buck, my, my sheep could win more. And McLennan was doing good then at that point, so a buck he was. him was Yeah, it was very, prestigious. Yeah. yeah. It was prestigious. So, so we, uh, we partnered on the buck, and... Uh, it's kind of wild. So this was a little mid-February born buck, mm-hmm. uh, February 10th, I think. And I told him, I was like, hey, we're going to AIUs in uh, July. I like to have the buck out here. And he's like, you bought a February buck lamb. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yes, I did. <laughs> and then not only did I buy a February buck lamb, but I bought a moderate, you know, size February buck lamb. That's what he reminded <laughs> me on, you know, because Logan had another buck there that was big, mm-hmm. you know, and it was exotic. You know, he was all tricked out, extra bells and whistles. Exotic, you know, the biggest hit buck, the tallest front of buck, the most so exotic. Maybe the same year? Same year, yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, he's like, that's the buck you need. I was like, ah, uh, I got my wheelhouse I feel comfortable in. I was like, I want, you know, I want the small, I want the, the cute little, cute, cute, cuddly one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyways, he reminded me, of course, you bought the cute, cuddly one. That's a f- middle February, not the big January one that could probably breed use. And I was yeah. like, let's just see where we're at. So, in 2012, you know, in July, I'm taking a buck that's four uh, four months old and some days, and, and some uh, days. a couple <laughs> a days, and uh, we take him out, you know, take him over the you know the hot youth, say, hey, uh, what do you what do you got anybody, and uh, we got enough semen for like 40 use. Like, holy smokes, we're gonna get to breed 40 use this buck lamb. This is awesome. <laughs> and I remember that was day one, and uh, this was a year where I think we had like maybe five or six days, you know, that we're gonna AI, mm-hmm. uh, kind of still doing 100 head AI days that back then, and uh, I can't remember, but I think we got like. Well, I know it was over 200 use, you know, bred to him. maybe 300 use bred to him and 200 stuck or so. Just pumped. Just pumped. Like, hey, this is like all the stars are lining up. I got this buck bought that I really like. You know, you know, probably the next buck, you know, the most buck I've liked since unleaded mm-hmm. that we got to use. I'm pumped up about this deal, and I got used bred to him. I'm like, usually I'm kind of nervous to promote a buck up because I want to make sure I got you know lambs on him so first. You haven't promoted him at this point. Not at all. Yeah. So that's what we discussed. Like, hey, Logan, you know, I got a bunch of use bred to him. He's like, well, good for you. You know, I think he offered me a cookie maybe and, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, you know, we did that. We flushed to him. Uh, we got some more used bread from our flush. Uh, Logan got him late and Logan got sheep bread from that, you know, that year too. And we decided at this point, like, hey, you know what? This is kind of an actually promotion of, you know, bucks actually first started kind of taking off. Uh, 
you know, progressive genetics promoting their stuff, you know, and so forth, you know, the selling Facebook semen. Too, it wasn't just Facebook semen was just starting to take off. Yep. You know, it wasn't like we were putting an ad in a magazine. That's the buck that you're going to sell, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we had a big kickoff at, uh, you know, Louisville. We're like, hey, this is where we're going to promote this buck. So I remember, you know, Logan made this uh, really cool video that had, he had been taking pictures of the buck the entire time he was growing up, you know, and taking, you know, and getting really good pictures of him and kind of concentrating on that deal. I went out and got a logo made for the buck because, you know, back then no one really had logos for the Ram. I mean, it was kind of, that's silly. And uh, we made all these big, you know, the flat bill hats were the cool thing back then, you know, in, in 2012. So we went out and we made, you know, I think 90 hats, flat bill burn hats. I still have one. And uh, yeah, I got, I got, I think I got one, one left out of the 90. And uh, I remember going out to Louisville and we, everybody, you know, passed out these burn hats. The video went out and it was kind of almost like, you know, it was a, you know, the first big hype on a, on a buck that came out for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, I remember that video. That video was impressive. It was, you know, it was crazy. Like, you know, and it was, you know, it was wild because that buck looked good moving. He looked mm-hmm. good set up. He looked good, you know, at day one, at day 10, at day it was 50. Wild body and crazy looking like a McLennan swagger sheep. And, yep. But huge furry legged. Furry legged and, and, and stout, moderate, correct, like, you know, what, what of mine would have been. Mm-hmm. So we ran with Bird and uh, 13, we won shows. How'd you name him? Uh, I think Chad Walker named him for us. Really? He, uh, I think he named him Burn Baby. So the sheep actually had a scar about six inches long on his, on his right across the middle of his back, which really threw him off. But I guess he'd gotten uh, a heat lamp and got too hot and uh, it, you know, put a burn on his hide. For a that. Burn Baby over there. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was how we referred to him as Burn Baby for a while. And finally we were like, you know what, let's just drop the baby and go to Burn. burn sounds cool. sounds clean yeah, yeah. and that kind of opened up a lot of there's a lot of burn sons with fire related names now yeah but um so so you took you you, you were part you ended up owning part of those that uh i know it now is new horizon genetics but yeah so uh so the part of the owners of progressive genetics mm-hmm. is, you know just, they weren't real happy with how things went for them um mm-hmm. uh, this burn buck sold was way more popular. Than the burn buck was way more popular. They're trying to figure out, you know, hey, we bought, you know, three hundred thousand dollars or two hundred fifty thousand dollars of these bucks, and you know, spent all this money, and your buck is more popular than our buck. You know, you know what's going on? I was like, well, you know, a lot of us, you know, just we had discussions and so forth. They're like, well, hey, we're looking for something different. Would you be interested in partnering with us on, you know, your deal? I said, well, I own burn with, you know, Logan McLennan, so. You know, he then that wouldn't be you know, he's not an option, but I do have unleaded in them, you know, these other bucks that you know could be part of the you know part of the equation. So uh, we ended up forming uh, a new entity called New Horizon Genetics, where uh, we partnered with some of their bucks that they brought from their stud, some of the bucks that I had from my stud, and put them together and sold semen uh, collectively together. There you go. I think I think we did that. You know, I think that ran for two years. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, kind of right before the, you know, the big, you know, I guess it was probably 13 and 14, kind of right when our corn prices were going really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, then I think we you know, closed the business down, I think in, oh, maybe 14 or 15, 14, maybe 15. Yeah, just so decided to do your own thing. And- yeah, we decided, you know, you know they, they were getting, they wanted to go another direction. Uh, it wasn't the same direction I wanted to go. So we decided to kind of just do a dispersal sell, sell out. Uh, I bought some of the females out of the deal. Bought a couple of, you know, bought one of the bucks. Because uh, they had some donors too. Yep. They just have bucks. They had Crown Jewel, uh, one of the original DDs. Uh, that was into being a mother of, you know, quite a few of our different bucks. We let's talk about that DD for a second. So like now nowadays we can completely pinpoint that gene, but back then it was like these things are cool. These things are freaky muscle. Oh yeah. These things are wide. 
know, it's wild because you know now you hear a lot of people that are like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I don't want that. You know, she's a she's a DD. I don't want that female. That, that gene is a tool. And it was funny because you know Burns mom, DD Miller you. Yeah. You know Crown Jewel, DD Miller you. Yeah. I go back and look at you know majority of the females that had that extra shot of muscle and fuzz and fur in the early 2010s, you know, to 15s, I would assume would be DDs. Yeah. You know, and it's probably, it's just like anything else. I mean, you know, you over-propagate it, you know, you need to clean things up and, you know, but, and now it's awesome because you can learn how to, you know, learn how to use it. I mean, we mm-hmm. actually have two DD rams in our stud that we plan on breeding our FF females that don't throw enough muscle without that D gene in them. You know, we've learned that, well, guess what? It may make more sense to breed those to a you that we'd make to a ram that would have a D gene in them for sure. Mm-hmm into the offspring and make those use more consistent. I remember right, off, right when that whole genetic testing came out, everyone was like terrified of, oh, that one's a DD, haul them off. Like, no, these things are, they're just used to them. I mean, sheep that win shows probably all have a D, at least one, right? Yeah, well, you know, we, uh, we went back and so, you know, we helped on the Oklahoma State University on the testing, mm-hmm. on developing that. And, you know, uh, Professor Dr. Hagen, uh, so forth, came up to the site and it was, it was kind of fun, you know, because he said, hey, I hear, you know, we're trying to work on this gene. We hear it's out there, you know, we're not sure, you know, single trade and multiple trades, so forth. Can you help us? And I was like, you know, you know, we'll, we'll keep it, you know, we'll keep it really silent, you know, and not really, you know, tell people, you know, we don't, we don't want to hurt your reputation. I was like, no, you don't understand, you know, I said, I think this would be awesome to figure it out because, you know, you know, we are getting some of the sheep that get to, aren't getting big enough, you know, at that point. We were calling them midgets rather than dwarves at that point. But uh, I was like, I would love to figure out when it works and when it doesn't. Cause, you know, we're, you know, with this AI program that we've been doing, you know, I've used... You know, Burn from 2013, you know, and his son's now until 2018, so you know. The genes popped up. In the so the genes popped up, you know, we propagated it throughout there. But you can't really, you know, say this one definitely has it, so we'll breed for this one so that one doesn't have it. It's kind we, of we, guessing. Yeah, we were guessing. You know, and it was kind of those, hey, guess what, you know, like OCD. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is a buck that if I line him up to burn daughters, that doesn't work. Yeah. But if I take him to an outcross, you to a female that doesn't have any of Burn's genetics into it, we get home runs. You know, yeah. we win state fairs. So when you're going around the country, I mean, you're breeding 15,000 ewes a year. Most people's, you know, you know, hobby flax are full of probably FFUs and Correct. those bucks make their sheep a lot better, a lot faster. So there's a lot of value in them still. I mean, that's what, you know, that's what we found. And like now, you know, on the DD females, I mean, you breed them to a clean buck and that's what, you know, you get a buck that's a little more up and out, that's mm-hmm. clean. And you breed it to back to a DD female, and all of a sudden those females have a ton of value because you get a DF cross every time. And you know, we had probably two or three of our high selling weathers were out of that cross this year. Definitely. So let's jump, kind of jump to a different thing. Like, so we kind of talked about the whole, <clears throat> like the CEO mindset. Like uh, when when, Ty, when you're having a conversation with Tyson, it's always kind of you know thinking about the future and how things are going to work out. And and when you step foot on his place, it's kind of it, it fits right into with what he's trying to do and what goes through his mind. Like this guy's. It's, it's a lot different, and I imagine when he built it, it was way different than anybody else's. I mean, completely indoor facilities. I think your, your lemon barn's all on pig slats, right? Yep, on plastic nursery barn flat. you got augers in your barns. I mean, everything's – it's almost like a factory farm for, for show lambs. Is what well, you know, and with our background from produ- – you know, coming from production, uh, you know, production commercial, commercial animals, you know, I had gone through and I'd seen a lot of the different commercial facilities, you know, and I looked at, you know – the way dairies could run 5,000 cows with minimal employees mm-hmm. and the way pig barns could run, you know, 4,000 animals, you know, with minimal employees. And they were, it was actually more of a science. I, I thought of it more of a, a science and a factory. Like if you put these processes in place, you can 
have this kind of outcome. Mm -hmm. And that made a lot of sense to me from my entrepreneurial finance class, from the business to business sales, from, you know, up, you know, from doing software and copiers. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if we can do it, you know, in the dairy and the pig world and in business, why can't the sheep industry be more kind of more process oriented? Mm -hmm. So that's where like when we, you know, we were lucky because when we came back in 08, we got to build our site from scratch. So I thought, you know what, my goal is to have minimal labor being doing chores and taking care of feeding the animals. I want that to all be automated. Mm -hmm. Let's look at that part of the process as far as making it where everything kind of takes care of itself so the employees that we do have can spend more time taking care of sheep and customers. Yeah, definitely. So um, I remember, it's probably like, I don't remember which, what year this movie came out, but it was maybe 15, 16, or 17, but... It was the founder, which is a movie about how McDonald's became so huge, and it was almost like um, you know the assembly line system that, that that guy had was you know like like Ford making cars and yeah. stuff. And I feel like you almost when I when I watched that movie, I was like, of course Tyson loves this. I mean, like he's it's an assembly line for sheep. I mean, he's it's you know very progressive tactics and and futuristic stuff to make you know it very profitable. Well, you know, a way I, you know, I've always looked at the show lamb deal as different. Like a lot of guys look at, hey, how do I make that unique one that's hard to build? Mm -hmm. You know, I look at the how do I get a genetic line put together that I can consistently get the same thing every single time. Mm -hmm. Where you know, I don't look for the one outlier that I'm only going to get, you know, ten percent of the time or five percent of the time. I want to get my eighty percent of the use to have babies that look like, you know, the division winner at a state fair. I honestly think that's probably why. The bucks that you raise have worked so well, like uh, from an AI platform, like like drop the mic, like how many different flocks of ewes did he hit on? I'd say almost every single one. Almost that, every know, single, single one, one because he was line bred. I mean, how many different renditions of burn and leaded were in that sheep? Yeah, I think he tracked the pedigree, and that's pretty much all there was. So yeah. One shot of Johnson, and everything else was burn and leaded, burn and leaded, burn and leaded. And that crazy like consistency. I mean, his genetics overpowered everything else that. You know that he was bred to like if, even if the U was not very good or not very consistent, he still had ten different renditions of burn and let it in him. Even if he was just out of your buck. And that's what I, you know. That's kind of when you talk about the founder deal. I mean, that's you know the reason McDonald's was so successful is they could pump out the same high quality hamburger whether it was in Sacramento, California, or whether it was mm -hmm. in Uptown New York. And you're gonna get that same you know that sheep if you breed to you know drop the mic or if you breed to you know whatever beast mode or whatever. And that was, you know, that was always our goal in the AI. Our goal, you know, on the AI was to make sh people sheep better. Mm -hmm. You know, not, you know, I never wanted my customers to be the guys taking the risk of saying, hey, you know, here's my new buck that we're not really sure is proven. You know, it's out of an outcross genetics. I mean, I've never used this line before. What do you, you know, you guys try it and see if it works. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to be the guy that says, hey, I've used this genetic line before, this exact same mating, these two crosses together. It's worked for me. You guys need to use it, and it'll work for you. Mm -hmm. That's where I was think. I guess that's one thing I think makes us successful and different. Also, in that regard, is that you know I'm not trying. I wasn't ever trying to sell bucks that I didn't want to breed to myself. Mm -hmm. I was always wanting to sell bucks that I thought, hey, I'm going to breed 500 and use this deal. You know, I remember having some guys ask me the question before of, hey, you know, uh, what kind of use would you breed to drop the mic? And I, you know, you know, if you, you know, if if I want to breed to drop the mic, I want to breed two use. So which ones should I pick out? I was like, well, how many use do you own? And they're like, well, we got 100 views. So, like, I'd probably breed 100 to him. Breed, breed all of them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, if he's on my farm and he's fertile, I mean, he's going to get to see almost, you know, every single, every single you. you. You know, and that's because 
they were so consistent, you know, yeah. and that's what, you know, we tried to make. So that way it wasn't a big discussion of, hey, you got to take your, you know, he's not big enough hips, so you got to breed different units to him, you know. We try to get complete, consistent bucks in our stud that regardless of what the U is, I mean, that they should be able to work on every time. Mm-hmm. Stuff you can honestly tell someone, I would breed my whole flock to this one. And I, I think that's a big differentiator of what, you know, why, you know, why we do it that way, and I think that's also what's worked well for us. Yeah. So where do you kind of see, you know, like, you know, futuristic plans? Like, what are you thinking about this year? What are you going to do next year? What, what, do, what do we got in the book that works for the future of RSC? Well, you know, the biggest thing I realized is that the generation intervals need to get tighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, each year the bucks are getting that much better and mm-hmm. that much better. And, and a lot of us still, they're still getting line bred more and more and more. You know, we've, uh, you know, we brought in a little bit of an outcross on two f- different females. Uh, like we used two drop the mic suns hard this year, uh, mm-hmm. on our secondary set, uh, with unicorn ignite where both of those have kind of outcross moms for us that, you know, are more go back to some impact genetics, mm-hmm. uh, on both of those ones. And, you know, still lined up and I've realized that, you know, both those two worked well. Uh, we've used, you know, the collusion ram, which is the drop the mic sun and, you know, in next level and ring the bell and realized all those ones still work very well. So our goal is to try to intertwine these drop the mic sons back and forth to try to figure out how to bring another set of consistent sheep together, but still get those top outliers, you know, mm-hmm. that will, you know, go out when major shows and make the next set of stud bucks. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to figure out how to make more of those consistently and, you know, and move more of our use to that base again. So, you know, and maybe in, in two more years, you could ask, you know, hey, you know, Tyson, what's your U base? And I could tell you every, you know, 80% of them have dropped the mic in their pedigree. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I feel like we've got, you know, pretty much the entire, you know, rural sheep company story. We've got a couple of submitted questions Perfect. for you. Here's one about your family and your kids. So if you had to pick a favorite child, you know, they're, uh, only one favorite child. Only gotcha. one favorite child. Who would it be, and why Maverick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, a joke. that's a joke. Mackenzie and Maddie loves you and talks about you sometimes, but no. <laughs> well, I would say I get I mean, Maverick gets called my favorite, uh, mainly because whenever Madison makes me mad, I tell her that Maverick's my favorite to try to <laughs> you know to try to make her realize that she should be my favorite instead. And along Mackenzie, yeah, make her try harder for both the older two girls. Uh, but I think they've gotten to the point where Maverick is my favorite, so they uh, they just like they play it more at me than I get to play. But you no, know, Maverick, uh, he kind of looks like me, so I guess I, I see a young me in him, and uh, it's kind of fun because the things that he did, I'm probably sure I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he actually he one of his favorite sayings is, "Hey, Dad, are you thinking what I'm thinking?" And my answer is always yes. And then it's always the worst off-the-wall <laughs> thing that I've never thought about in my entire like life. Like what? <laughs> like Nerf gun fight on the trampoline. I'm like, that's exactly what I was thinking, Maverick. That you sounds know? like a lot of exactly. fun. Exactly. Or you think what I'm thinking, Dad? I'm like, yes. Go get the Jello pudding cups and some spoons. You know, <laughs> you know, most random, you know, you know, ADHD conversation that I've ever had with myself, I have with Maverick. Yeah, also. with Maverick. So what about your other kids? I mean, Mackenzie. She shows a little bit. What, what's Mackenzie into? So Mackenzie likes, uh, she does like showing. She'll mm-hmm. tell you she doesn't like showing so that she can go do more fun stuff and play with her friends. Playing, with her, play, playing with her friends is her favorite hobby. Uh, she is big into gymnastics and dance. Uh, she's getting actually really, you know, actually really good at gymnastics. So that's mm-hmm. kind of new for us. Uh, she do all the flips and everything? She is on the flips. Uh, she likes the trampoline also. So uh, she can do front flips. We're working on back flips still. Uh, 
so you know she does a little bit of livestock, and we're trying to also keep her. You know, she she's going to be my my first athlete. Uh, Madison did a little bit of sports as so she got you know as younger, but you know she's decided that she wanted to concentrate on uh, livestock showing. So mm-hmm. we uh, kind of focused more on that, and we told her you know kind of the same thing. You know, if you want to be a professional athlete, you know you need you know a successful athlete. You need to uh, concentrate and focus mm-hmm. on those. Be the best at it. The best you know best you can be, and you know if you do want to do athletes, you want to do you know livestock showing, then let's be the best livestock showing that we can be. You know, and it isn't easy, and it takes time, and so that's uh, what she decided she wanted to go towards, and. That's been a, a fun ride uh, watching her watching her do it. This past year, yeah, she's had a, she's had a good run. Won so. twenty different U shows and won Louisville and got a piece of her state fair. Yeah, so we've uh, yeah we've had a good run. You know we uh, we haven't won the Iowa State Fair yet. You know with, uh, last year was our first year getting the show there, uh, so that's a big goal of ours. Uh, and uh, the you know the other majors you know we've never won Denver yet, which is always a big goal of ours uh, to try to you know to try to accomplish just because it's kind of our hometown where her. My father and mother's families are both from. Uh, the other big goal we have this year coming up is uh, Kansas City. So we've uh, that's the only major show that she hasn't been Grand Reserve at. So we're kind of uh, the State Fair, Kansas City, and Denver are kind of our big three. Uh, I guess bullet points on her, uh, you know, uh, bucket list still. Why is she why is she still showing? So I mean, she's got a couple more years. And- uh, she'll be a senior next year. So uh, you know, we're, we're debating. So we had such a good la- year last year. We debated on the. Just uh, taking the year off and enjoying her senior year in school, and then I think uh, some of her friends the decided. Decision to, was made for you with this. Yeah, her her friends I think kind of told her that no, you're going to show, and because uh, we want to see you, because we had a discussion if she could still go to the shows if we didn't have uh, Lance there. I was like, no, sorry, if you uh, decide you don't want to show, you can uh, hang out with your high school friends, you know, and stay, uh, home, and stay, stay home and work. So we uh, she made the choice uh, between her and her friends that, that she wanted to go to the shows and wanted to make a kind of one last push, and you know, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully your dad does a good job of getting her sheep put together that uh, make that, you know, decision successful. It's all up to you at this point. Well, I think we've kind of got it all covered. Um, I got one last question for you. You know, um, my, I, you know, everyone's got their certain kind. You know, and especially judges that you hit. And like when I, you know, all my buddies know my kind. I like you know really good looking, exotic looking ones. And that's probably because of this one goat I showed one time. And I've always kind of looked for that one in every goat that I look at. I mean, do you have an animal like that that you've just, you know, completely fell in love in and you're just, you know, kind of always on your mind? Or, oh, you know, that's that's a hard one. Uh, there's, there's, you know, been a couple. Uh, you know, the, the easy answer, I guess, you know, if everybody's probably expecting me to say peaches because, you know, I think her and I bond, you know, her and I bonded after Madison's first weekend out, and I saw her in the ring for the first time. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, you're special, honey. You know, and yeah. You know, that's one of the, one of the deals that if I could have 500 peaches, you know, run around, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, it'd be, you know, miraculous. I'm happy to just have one, you, yeah. know? you know. She'll be the type of you that, you know, we may never raise one like her again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, and so for those of you who don't know, peaches is the name of uh, that drop the mic. Or uh, she's a ring the ring bell. The bell. Yeah. yeah. Ring the bell you that Madison did, had an incredible year with. I think yeah. she, 18 grands. I think, 18 grands. I think she ended up with the 18 grands. She started in May with her first grand, and then she uh, finished uh, mid-March with her last one. So she, yeah, she won the OIEU show. What? Any anything else? Buck or is it just peaches? You know, so she'd be the female that counts mine. You know, if I had to say, is there a sheep that was out there that kind of you know defines my type and kind? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in in 2014, uh, uh, Lady Straka walked in the ring with a sheep that was. Uh, at Oklahoma Youth Expo of ours, and you know, I knew we had a you know everybody told me that we had a good one, and I hadn't got to see the sheep uh, 
you know, since we sold it. So it was kind of unique for me. You know, I was waiting to see it, you know, and they were pretty, you know, they, they did a great job of just like, oh, you know, yeah, she just got them up to feed them, so, you know, you don't get to see them yet, you know, and oh, we'll get them up here a little bit, you know, until probably within 40 minutes of the show, you know, whenever it walked in the ring for the hamps, was the first time I got to see the sheep. Really? And, uh, you know, this, I guess that would be the stereotypical sheep of mine, you know, he was a shroppy hided, you know, just pure white, snow white hided. Even up on his face, I remember just... Yeah, his entire face was, you know, covered in white. Uh, his legs were just completely covered, you know, covered in white. Uh, you know, he he looked like a Dorset Hampshire cross almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can think of, like, how, you know, I guess that's one of the things I try to propagate in my genetics is trying to get that extra shot of white in our hams. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that is, like, a big deal for us. Like, yeah. White, furry leg wool. Yep. so hard to come by and... You know, we've uh, we've done a good job of we've had we've been lucky because Burn kind of started that started a little bit of that gene and then with our unleaded genes on the Enron that was in the back of that where he had a little bit of shrop in him mm-hmm. that really propagated the two of them out when they crossed in and I remember watching that sheep uh, take two or three steps in the ring and I was just like man if I could just make some more and I was like you know if this thing doesn't win I guess I know I'm not always the best evaluator on things but I was like don't you know, I don't that one's pretty good I mean yeah. I, I'd be I'm okay if he doesn't win because if I can have one that walks in the ring that looks like that every time I'd be you know my, you know, my life is complete. Yeah. And that one kind of started Lydia's pretty successful OIE. That was. So, you know, that run. was her first big hit at OIE. And, uh, you know, she's had a, a tremendous run from that point on. And, you know, it, it kind of, that, that was a sheep that, uh, you know, almost made me make some dumb decisions. Uh, really? You know, uh, you know, so winning OIE, you know, is a once in a lifetime opportunity mm-hmm. for people. I mean, you know, we've, we've been very lucky that we've had a grand and, Two third overalls, you know, and I thought we had one more shot here this last year, and you know, got a, uh, got coveted out, but uh, uh, we've had a heck of a run with Lydia, you know, at OIE, so that's been awesome for us. And so, what kind of decisions? Yeah. Oh, uh, were you, uh, did you almost mess up on there? So, you know, in 2014 we win, and that's fun. You know, it's like, hey, guess what? You know, it's uh, actually I guess it would have been 2015. You know, it's 2014 Lamb Crop, 2015 uh, OIE. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, this is fun. We're gonna do this again. So, like, you know what, let's get ready to cut, you know, take the bander out. You know, it takes big-time ones to win. Because, you know, Lydia's sheep was one we looked at as a buck. Yeah. Uh, hard, and we decided that Angry Dragon was the buck we were going to keep, and we were going to cut Lydia's, and we cut uh, another one of, uh, another another brother to Angry Dragon of Emily Smith's. So it was like, we're cutting two, we're going to keep one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all of a sudden we're down to, you know, look at, you know, let's look at, you know, late buck lambs again, so in 2015. And. I remember, you know, we had, you know, the buck, you know, which is now known as OCD, and I was like, this guy's way too thick for a weather. He, he's not going to win a weather show. So, yep, we're going to, you know, he's a buck. He's a mm-hmm. buck, you know. He's a changer buck. That's the one we want to kind of go after for changers. He's got the shroppy legs. You know, he's got That'll all the – A lot of people's use way yep, better. Uh, way better yeah. on making, making a lot of sheep way better. And I was like, and then I got these other two, you know, I got this Rogue Nation buck that's also hampy, hampy, you know, is out of the right you. You know, and, you know, everything was good in that regard. He's on a beast mode. I like beast mode. So I had him and OCD kind of on the beast mode line. So, hey, let's run with him. And then I had this uh, Anarchy son, which, you know, Anarchy was a buck that, you know, was kind of a short-lived, you know, short-lived buck. And a lot of the reasons just because Drop the Mic, you know, was a son of his that, you know, mm-hmm. over, you know, kind of overshadowed him in a hurry. And, uh, you know, this buck, 5251. And uh, I was like, man, this thing's good. It's like, we just got to win an OIE. I want to win OIE again. I'm not sure I can win OIE if I, you know. Don't cut one. You know, I got to cut one this good. And uh, so we went through, you know, we pictured them for the online sale. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, went through and we showed, you know, everybody came through, you know, hey, this is their sheep. And then kind of the last week, you know, so it was kind of right after that, you know, right after we left Richmond, started coming back. And you know, we were having the sale, I think, you know, second week of April or so. And I started kind of getting cold feet. I was like, uh, 
maybe maybe I don't maybe I don't need to cut this guy. You know, maybe there's one more in here somewhere else I could win this show, and you know, not, not this guy. And uh, so I started kind of giving the you know the kind of disclaimer. I was like, well, you know, this guy's set up for lot one, but you know, he may. Uh, I might, you know, he's still intact. We're going to make a decision, you know, as we, mm-hmm. you know, this last week or so, and we'll decide if he's going to be in the sale or not. And uh, the last second, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, you know, I just, you know, talked to a couple, you know, guys that and I consulted with about business and on, you know, genetics and, you know, just across the board. It's like, you know, what do you think? And they're like, you know what? You know, what's the worst case that's going to happen if you keep him buck? If, you know, you keep him buck, he doesn't turn out, and you miss out on a really good weather, you know, but if you cut him and he is the, he is the one, it's huge. It's huge. So, uh, you know, very few times in my life do I, you know, have I kind of had a heart, you know, this is a hard call, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to draw a line of sand, you know, think about it overnight, next morning I'm going to make a decision. Next morning I woke up and said, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna keep him, we're going to pull him from the sale, so we had to, you know, actually re- remove him from the online sale, and, you know, had a, lot number one was a blank, and then lot number two, and. So he was on the online he sale. Was on he was on the online sale, pictured up, you know, and uh, the sale, I think it was Monday morning, and I think the sale started on Tuesday. And uh, so I had a lot of phone calls like, hey, what, where, where's the lot one sheep, you know, at? And I was like, yeah, I decided to keep him in. I remember one guy being kind of grumpy because he was like, you know, hey, if uh, you know, if, if that one's not going to be on there, that's the only one I wanted to buy. I mean, I'm not going to bid on anything else. And I was like, sorry, he's not on there. I'm sorry, you know. That's not, you know, I, I understand you feel that way. I was kind of be mad too if I, you know, was playing on this and missed, you know, didn't buy their sheep because of it. But I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to cut him. Yeah. He's going to be your buck. And that would now be the buck known as drop the mic. Really? So. You almost cut. Because of Lydia's sheep that was, uh, you know, grand at, at OIE and wanting to have that same euphoric feeling again of having one that good out in the ring, we uh, we put dropped the mic on the on the online sale to to roll, and then at the last second decided he just uh, he was, you know, that that'd be too good. Cutting him and selling to Lydia would be like you ending up with Leo and cutting him. Yeah, it'd be about the exact same decision Imagine at that, that point. Different. If if I mean if, even if Leo would never think how different things would be, but I mean the last. Three four years, drop's been the man. Yeah, he's had he's had a heck of a run in the last four or five years, and you know, the sons now that are out of them, and you know the grandsons that are out of them, and you know everything is just it's compounded again. Kind of like we talked about, you know, you take good built sheep that are consistent and line breed them up again, and mm-hmm. you know make more good built sheep that are consistent. And, and even drop being the man was kind of an accident when it came time to breed ewes, wasn't it? It was, you know. So that first year, uh, so in fifteen, you know, drops a fifteen. So we use him late for 16, you know, 2016 babies. And 2017, we had a, you know, 2016, we had a great OIE, you know, uh, hamp show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the first babies of 16 hit in 17. And OCD had a, you know, he was our other buck that we kept late with, uh, with drop. And he actually had, you know, I think two or, three se- two or three seconds and maybe a class winner at OIE in the hamps. I mean, I don't remember exactly. And I was like, wow, OCD's going to be the buck. You know, he's mm-hmm. the man. You know, we got this deal lined up right. And everything went really good and uh so my plan was you know in uh 2006 i guess yeah it'd been 2016 you know uh breeding season we were gonna have him be our lead buck and we got to uh you know the ai day and ocd went from 80 percent 90 percent you know you know uh, live modal sperm to 65 we're still like, usable I mean, still usable but you know kind of a little more risky yeah and then you know we're like well let's check drop and let's see where he's at and 99, 100%. I mean, couldn't find a dead one on the screen yeah. type of deal. We're like, well, you know, we had discussion, you know, we were going to, you know, we, OC was our buck, you know, we were going to run with that. We didn't have a lot of, you know, late, uh, drop the mic, so we didn't really have a good feeling from 16 of, you know, how, what he was going to do. We're like, you know, he was good. We loved him as a baby. You know, we didn't really get a good, you know, feel on him in 16. Let's, let's roll the dice and see what happens, in, you know, for 17. 
and we, you know, he was our lead buck for 2017, and uh, that was the year that he Made had, the, had the breakouts. Yeah. So, how many state fair champions that first year? Oh, look at us! I think I Chance had 13 of them. Yeah, it, it was it was a tremendous. I don't, I, I couldn't tell you yeah. total amount. I, I know when we looked, at, started looking at it, you know, and when we were doing the uh, man of the year voting, and had to go back through and like, you know, put his, you know. You know, resumed out. I mean, it was it was amazing. You know, just the list of sheep that we yeah. got from that year. Dang. Well, I think we've got it all. Perfect. Pretty much in the history books now. So I hope episode two of Tyson's podcast was everything you hoped for. Uh, I think we definitely touched on a lot of that stuff that everyone uh, was probably most excited to hear. Um, one of my favorite parts in the beginning was um, the unleaded story, and I'm a, and like I said before, I'm a sucker for a really good buck story, and. Uh, he talked about how he almost sold un- unleaded as a weather, and he actually told his dad to stop bidding on him, to get him back, or to not to you know let him go and, and be sold as a weather and show, and it, it just kind of stuff like that. You know, there's those stories that are you know out of your control um, that end up working out. Like if un- if unleaded would have been sold as a weather, how much different Tyson's entire flock would be, right? I mean, right, Zach? How much yeah. unleaded is still in there today? I mean, everything seems to go back one way or another. Tyson always brings up in pedigrees. You'll hear a lot of unleaded be brought up. I mean, and not maybe not stuff still being out of those used, but I mean, I mean drop the mics. I mean, he still has a, a ton of unleaded in him, and, yep. and all those bucks he still has. Um, just without that buck, I, I, it just would be so much different over there. Um, it's almost like a God thing. I mean, depending on what you believe in, you know, there's there's definitely stuff that's out of our control, and and it's pretty cool when it works out in our favor, especially how, you know, it, he didn't really talk about how he used unleaded just a ton those, those first two years, and it was like before the, the shag even became popular, so where unleaded was most valuable, um, he wasn't really s- seen as, you know, what he could be, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think to latch on to what you said, like, just how crazy how things play out, you know how unleaded could have been a weather, or drop the mic could have been a weather, Tyson could have gone through one day and just like decided hey i'm gonna cut everything yeah you know i want to try to win some weather shows and, and imagine how different could have been one of those and you know uh you go back five six years ago what would be the stud buck everyone talks about now it's just crazy a completely it could be a completely different world and it could be of what changed the industry a different gone a different route for a couple of years mm-hmm. too and i mean like like in the drop the mic story how he decided to keep lydia's oie sheep you know, a weather and, and keep drop. I just think it, it was just such a small window there where that decision was made that made a huge impact over, you know, honestly, his whole livelihood, you know, yeah. um, and, and things can be completely different. Um, the whole birth of the AI, you know, extravaganza, as I'll call it, is, is pretty exciting. Um, you know, today you talk to people raising sheep and everybody AIs. Most everyone buys semen and, and those bucks that are popular, everyone's breeding to. Back in 2010, that was unheard of, and, and, and I thought it was uh, really cool. Um, something I noticed about Tyson is when it comes to trying new things and, and stuff that's never been done before, his lack of fear honestly sets him ahead a lot of those guys. So, you know, with yeah. trying AI and, yep. and, and the, you know, selling semen on bucks and everything, you know, it really puts him in a different position, and, and it puts him in a place that a lot of people could never end up because they wouldn't take risks like him. Um, in that podcast, he talks about that first time he talked to the Australian AI tech and you know, he told the the AI tech, "Hey, let's let's breed 400 ewes instead of just 10 donors," and that hadn't been done in America. You know, Tyson said, "You know, up until then, I don't think 400 ewes ever been cut open like that." You know, in the states before, and, and he just went ahead and just fearlessly did it, and and I think that definitely gave him the advantage um, over a lot of people. 
Um, one thing he said in there, he quoted Brian Johnson, and I thought this was really important. You know, the difference between someone who raises a few good ones and being a one-hit wonder versus someone who can stand the test of time and, and make a living doing this over a few decades. But Brian Johnson said, winning is good, and selling high, and selling champions and high sellers is good, but being able to sell your entire flo entire lamb crop for a high average keeps you in business and, and, and is better, ultimately. And I think Tyson... Uh, you know, does that well. He's he's more into consistency. You know, down to the end, and, and I think you know that's definitely benefited him. I mean, had to drop the mic work. He, I mean, he was so lined up that he kind of worked the same way. He worked on everybody's use. Yeah, I think. And Tyson, you always hear Tyson talk about how important the breeding program is in keeping up with trends and keeping things going and staying in touch. And I think that's very very important. And that's I think to me is huge part of what's made Tyson very successful yeah. today. And there's a there's a everyone sells semen on their bucks nowadays. Yeah. But I think the reason that those bucks like drop have so much success is because they are so lined up and so consistent, you know, on the female side that even if the U kinda like we talked about in the podcast, even if the U isn't very good or is, is kind of a genetic wild card, the drop the mic uh, genetics will, you know, outweigh whatever she's got going. Yep. You know, and I and I think you know that's another thing that's kind of set that guy ahead. Um, we talked about the the DD and, and the midget and dwarf gene for a little bit, and Tyson was kind of a front runner on that. Um, he mentioned how you know when those guys were putting together trying that test for that gene, they went to him and, and they kind of took a lot of those um, those using his flock and used their blood to kind of put together you know what was a midget, what was clean. But I think when that gene came out, it totally set him ahead, and, and he kind of used it as a tool. Yeah. You know, when you talk about Absolutely. bucks, he'll be like, what kind of use you got going in it? And if you've only got clean FF use, those midgets are all you really need to be breeding to, I think. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's just an interesting perspective, um, especially when so many people are afraid of it. Um, you know, he just, you know, factors it into the equation and says, okay, we're going to change things up. We can bleed them, and we can, you know, pair things up without so much guessing involved. And, and definitely one thing that stands out about Tyson compared to all of his you know, counterparts in the industry is his CEO mindset. I mean, every time you talk to Tyson or, or about genetics or bucks, it almost feels like he's talking to a banker trying to convince him to give him a loan. He's he's projecting all of the finances he's going to make and, and how things are going to work. And he kind of factory farms show lambs. No, absolutely. Um, I've had the pleasure of uh, going around somewhat and helping Tyson uh, at some of his AIs and traveling with him. And... Uh, I think to me the biggest thing that's stuck out um, from the hours I've spent in the truck with him is Tyson is a very very smart businessman and that goes uh, back to what you were just saying there yeah I mean the, the guy thinks on you know there's just gears going in his head 24-7 um, always I, thinking outside the box just yeah always thinking about something different he's not trying to follow okay these guys this sheep guy did this I'm gonna make my barn like this guy no like Tyson He'll go to commercial dairies and commercial hog farms and take notes from them. You know, those guys that crank out 10,000 head a year and, and, and incorporate those into his, his sheep, you know, his sheep scheme and, and how he, you know, runs his farm back home. And I think that's really, you know, a standout for, you know, how he thinks does things different. Um, in that podcast, I kind of mentioned that movie, The Founder, and that was about, um, I think it was Roy Kroc who, you know, took the McDonald's burger chain and, and industrialized it and, and turned it into what it is. Uh, but when I first watched that movie, I thought, okay, there, there was a part where, you know, he had gone beyond just making the assembly line of burgers 
and making McDonald's huge, but he figured out, hey, if I own the real estate and make it a priority or make it a make it mandatory for these franchise owners to only build McDonald's on my property, then I can make you know X amount more or this business can be so much bigger. And I kind of thought that was uh, similar to when Tyson learned AI. He you know it, it kind of put him in his position to be you know breeding a lot more people's use and and, and almost related to you know Roy Kroc making that you know you have to build McDonald's on McDonald's owns land. Um, there's just a lot of moves Tyson makes that are so CEO-like and so forward and, and so um, business-like to where, you know, a lot of guys just kind of completely avoid that. seems like most people are worried about just making one sheep that's good. Tyson's running a company, and it's, you know, a semen empire, if you if you want to call it that. Yeah, and it's no, it's, and it's really impressive to watch, and, and there's a lot to be said about it. Um, but there you go. I, I hope you guys liked that, and I hope you guys learned. Uh, we'll have another episode next week, and... Uh, Excited to get it out.